All right, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Automate Your Agency show. This is brought to you by the Agency Rocket Fuel team. I am here with my business partner, Rainer Bracasso, and it's been a while. I think it's been a couple of weeks since we uh, hopped on the show, but for everyone that's new here, we do the show every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where we share the latest and best strategies when it comes to systems, operations, automations, and team building for your agency. Now, if you want to check out the previous shows that we've done over the past two years, and it's crazy, man, like we've done this for two years, uh, you can go ahead and yep. check out the guide section of this Facebook group. It'll have all the shows there, all the ex expert interviews, all the walkthroughs that we've ever done. They're all there. And we do this with one goal in mind, right? We want to help you scale your agency in a sustainable way so you can finally achieve that time and location freedom that you've been craving for in your business. Now, um, you can also message Daniel Flowers. He's one of the admin of this Facebook group. If you message Daniel Flowers, he can give you a personal kind of curated list of trainings just because we have like 50 or 60 hours of content here. And if you just want to skip that line and just, you know, focus on like what you want to focus on, just send Daniel Flowers a message and he can hook you up with all the training. But speaking of sustainability, right? In this show, like in this community, we're really focused on helping you with operations and fulfillment, right? And, and usually operations and fulfillment, you can scale up your business to seven figures. But another area in, in the agency space that mo a lot of people struggle with is really getting predictability, right? When it comes to your sales and your appointments. And Rainer, I mean, you can speak to this, right? You're very heavily focused on like building teams and building operational systems, but then you also need that sales aspect, right? And I think that's something that you've realized over the years in terms of just getting predictability, right? Yeah, for sure. That's something I realized even more recently as I was, you know, reading a few books. And um, one of them really, you know, it really drilled down to me that, you know, having the only reason we've been able to really build teams and stuff is because we had some predictability when it comes to revenue uh, because of longtime clients. Um, we get referrals pretty consistently. We have an outreach process. Um, so, I, I took it for granted because of how consistent it was. So we were just growing, growing the team. But now that you know we're at a higher kind of like revenue level, and now of course we're seeing some resistance because things don't come in as easily. Um, and yeah, we're seeing that definitely is important to really project like um, what your sales is. And the most important part is having that predictability, right? Because with um, very strong predictable sales and a way to grow it, the found that's the foundation of your business because that it will help you decide when you're going to hire, when you're going to do certain initiatives. Um, do certain things uh that's kind of like why creating that predictability um with sales and growth uh is, is the bedrock probably of growing your agency further and look guys as we were thinking about this show there's literally four months left in the year and if your goals and your agency are not where you thought you would be and you need more sales this is going to be the show for you because we invited some of the top talent in the space today and they're they actually were clients of ours and it's amazing because these guys created a system called the supercharged book call system and it's it's amazing guys because they're going to help you you know generate appointments they're going to help you close deals it's it's crazy uh, before this call i was talking to both of them and they actually helped a client close 165 thousand dollars worth of deals with only 7.5k in ad spend in just six weeks and seriously if you are behind on your goals for this year for the year 2021 and you're not sure how to gain that predictability you're not sure how you can actually fill up your pipeline then this is going to be the show for you because not only are you going to learn how to create a system for yourself but hey you might even get a chance to actually work with these guys and these guys are at the top of their game so without further ado let me introduce the people behind blade marketing we have ben and nathan right here i'm going to add them to the stream right now what's up ben what's up nathan how are you guys doing there how's it going what's going on guys we appreciate you having us here dude 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 man um one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars in 60 in like 
7500 in ad spend i i mean we're probably going to talk about this but it's like how do you guys do that and also like how did you even get to this place like what was the genesis behind blade marketing and how you guys started and all that oh man that's that's a lot um <laughs> i mean in a nutshell behind blade marketing it, it actually started off with me and our other partner zach um and Zach's been in marketing for at least five years now, and I really had no prior experience. I dropped out of college after my freshman year, and I did what everyone loves to do and hopped on Google and said, how to make money online. And sure enough, I just kept stumbling upon videos, upon videos, um, actually ended up paying a kid out in San Diego, who I, I think might be a part of this group. Um, and he's who connected me and Zach. Um, in that time frame, we've gone through pretty much everything that you could do wrong in the agency space um and we still probably continue to do some things wrong as every business does but um that's kind of what brought us here over the last like two years or so um so yeah <laughs> and how'd you guys connect with nathan so nathan actually came from um a program that we were kind of a part of like very early on in our career and kind of happened by accident. Like we went to hire him for like a small project and then he ended up just like taking on more and more and more of our work and just kind of embedding himself into like our culture and into the team to the point where he unofficially just kind of made himself the third partner. And we, appre we appreciate him for that. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome guys. It was a very interesting story. I honestly, I I've been in marketing for about four years now and I almost got out of the industry for just certain reasons. And my foot was out the door basically. And I got an email from this guy named Ben and I'm like, who's this? Like, so I read it and I was almost, it a cold email, <laughs> yeah, cold email basically because I was on a list somewhere because uh, I, I run funnels, right? So I was um, like a contractor list and I almost didn't reply. I was just like, well, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore, you know? And luckily I did. And over a year later, here we are. Awesome. And guys, for the people watching the show, there's a couple of people hopping on. Let me tell you how effective their process is. One, that's how Nathan and Ben connected. It was literally a cold email. Um, second is, you know, Ben and Nathan, we worked together in ARF before, but you know, we kind of lost touch, right? One of their setters actually reached out to me, I think a week and a half ago, he was trying to lead gen me. And you know, here we are 1.5 weeks later um, yeah. in the show. That's how strong their their appointment setting and closing process is, right? And so, um, and, and yeah, and I think you guys help a lot more agencies, right? Like, what do you guys actually do for agencies? Just to, you know, before we dive into the actual training, I guess, um, you know, like in a nutshell, what do you guys help with? Yeah, so like really simple, most agencies, if not all, they need people who are expressing interest in a solution rather than like a service. So one of the biggest things that we do with our clients is helping them reframe the way that they're approaching conversations. And instead of just saying, oh, I do SEO, I do Google ads, I do Facebook ads. We say, no, we provide this solution for these types of people and we target those people. So that's like one of the biggest things that we're doing with our clients, helping them like create an offer that makes sense and that is like marketable. Um, and then transitioning them from getting them on the phone to actually turning them into a paying client through a framework and through a, a very specific process of just asking questions um, and understanding their motives before we try selling them something that they may or may not need. Right. And is this like a done for you kind of thing? Or is it like, you know, you yeah. kind of teach them what to do or like? Yeah, no, exactly. So it is it is done for you. Um, there is like a coaching and consulting component to it, of course. Um, 
And the reason for that is I, I love telling the story to our clients too, is like we were running this program very similar um, towards the start of 2021. And as we were doing that, one of the biggest problems that we were facing as a team and as a company was our clients were unable to just understand what we were doing on the back end and they wanted to know more. So we said, okay, well, let's give them that. We decided to take all of our training, record all of our processes and, and show them what we're doing so that not only can we do it for them, but they understand what's happening. And these become long-term skills that they can leverage for themselves, for their clients for, for years to come. Awesome. And what are the big promises that we made to our audience here today is really showing them some of the you know frameworks and the systems that you guys have been using. And, and one of the things that we kind of told them is, you know, they're going to learn how to leverage a proven organic approach uh, to hedge against, you know, ad costs, um, sales and presentations versus leading conversations. Another bullet point here is how to create multiple sources for leads that fosters true predictability. And I think, you know, I guess where we can start is like, you know, what what makes your system like you know with all the different ways um that agencies are, are using right now to get clients right i'm sure they pro many of them are probably you know making mistakes but then what is it about you guys in terms of your system that's just different right is it the holistic approach to it or is it just the focus approach like uh, maybe you guys can speak to that yeah i can speak on that so i mean in a nutshell like ben was saying we basically we solve your sales problem so when it comes to either setting appointments, closing deals, we, from end to end, we take care of that for you, pretty much DFY. And as Ben was saying earlier about hedging against ad costs, one of our big components is finding an appointment setter for your agency, training them specifically for your offer and what service you're actually providing. We actually train them and hand them over to you, and we actually can coach them each week to make sure that they're meeting KPIs. And those are commission-based setters. So that's why it hedges against ad costs because we're also gonna be building you a customized funnel, but there is ad costs involved with that. It gives you the ability to have commission-based setters over here booking appointments so we can scale your agency up with a actual custom funnel. Gotcha. Right, and I kinda wanna add on to that for a second too. Um, aside from like the number standpoint and just like leveraging an organic approach to really hedge against those inevitable costs, um having it like that diversification in lead sources is huge and that's something that that's a problem that we've had ourselves um focusing solely on email for example and then our domain gets shut down and we're screwed right like you're shut out of luck if if your linkedin gets shut down if your instagram like you can't send out more than whatever 30 40 dms a day um so being able to leverage every channel that is like available is it's crucial, right? Um, and the biggest part of that process is literally starting conversations. That's all we're doing. Um, and just simplifying the process. That, that's really all it comes down to. What are what are agencies doing wrong, guys? Like, I'm sure you've seen this a lot, but well, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I, I think from like, especially as someone who's always on the phone selling, um, one of the biggest things that I'm seeing wrong is agencies are just starting to try to run ads without either one a proof of concept or two like just no idea what they're doing and i hate saying it but it's it's honestly what's going on um they're putting too much emphasis on like the design details for example of a funnel that or a landing page for lack of better terms that they don't even know how it's going to perform on the front end there's a thousand different things that we're looking at and i know that nate can speak on this more 
that are going to contribute to the long-term success and scalability of a marketing campaign, especially with paid ads. And what they're doing besides that is instead of throwing in it, we, we tell our clients that we want to see them spending at least a hundred bucks a day on ads. Sure. You can get started for less, but when you're not giving Facebook the, the time and the opportunity to learn and process data, it's not going to give you the results that you want. Right? So when people start running ads, like, Oh, I'm just, gonna, I'm just doing a six day campaign for 30 bucks, $5 a day. I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but go yeah. to Starbucks instead. It's not going to, it's not going to yeah. do you anything. You're not going to get data. You're not going to get anything. Yeah, they you might even get a client in Starbucks. Yeah, yeah they, they, you probably have a better off. You <laughs> honestly probably have a better chance going to Starbucks for those six days and spending five dollars on a cup of coffee and getting trying to find a client there. Yeah, I mean funnels are really meant for scalability. You can reach millions and millions of people pretty quickly. That's what it's meant for. If you have, if you don't have a proven offer though, and you're trying to run these things and just literally looking to us to help you save your business, we've had that a lot and. Please, you know, this is all the money we have left. Put it into ads and like, this is this is our last chance type of stuff. You should be getting appointment setters. If you don't have the funds, start there, get some capital. Then you can scale up with a funnel later once you actually have the funds to really contribute to it. Right. I mean, my rule of thumb, and again, this could change obviously depending on the ticket size of an offer and the profit margins, but if you're not closing at a consistent like 20% on calls that connect, right? So let's assume maybe a 60 to 70% show up rate. If you're not closing at at least 20%, you better fix that because either your offer is not strong enough or your closers are not strong enough, right? Once you hit those like metrics, then it makes sense to start putting fuel on the fire, as we like to say, and just scaling it up. But until then, pick up the first five to even 15 clients using an organic approach um with commission-based setters and keep in mind these setters are on a recurring commission typically we pay them five percent right so let's say they make two thousand dollars month one and you retain those clients now they're making four thousand now they're making six thousand and and it just keeps going and going and going so not only are you generating more revenue for your business but for me it's a great feeling knowing that i'm actually putting an opportunity in front of someone else to join the team and make some some good money as well that makes sense. So yeah. guys, you mentioned something earlier, um, you know, before you spend money on paid ads, you want to have proof of concept, you want to validate that offer, right? You need to have a strong offer. I think you mentioned a metric too, which is important for everyone here in this audience. Um, at least a 20% call to close rate, right? Um, if it's anything less than that, then either the offer is broken or the closer or the closers aren't probably strong enough to make that deal happen. Right. Right. But how does one like as an agency, like, is that how they validate their, their offer? Like just, you know, closing a couple of deals organically first, like, is that the best practice there? That is what we did a lot of at first. Um, and like I said before, like at the start of this year, the program that we're running now, the agency sales masters program, um, has, I think gone through Nate, what is it? Four variations before yeah. it being where it's at now. And right now is where clients are seeing the most success, the most interaction, the just the most results, right? And the highest retention for us too, because they're so engaged and everything going on. Um, and I, for anyone who doesn't have it, who has an offer that's more of a service rather than like a like system or program. And I know a lot of people are kind of against the term program. That's a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, just 
give them as much free value as you can inside of what you're offering them. If that means setting aside some extra time to create some video training so they can understand what you're doing, it'll make the world of a difference um, when it comes to working with your clients and getting feedback. They want to give you feedback if they don't like something. We have client, I had a client yesterday said, hey, Ben, can you guys do this? Can you add this um, to the program? It was just like an extra training for the appointment setters. We said, yeah, that's a great idea. I can't believe we didn't have it, you know? Um, you have to be open to feedback and, and just getting that from your clients too. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, go ahead. Sorry, Nathan, you're saying something? Uh, no, oh. I wasn't yet. Go ahead. What is, so obviously the offer is a big part of this and we preach this in our program as well, right? Having a scalable and a an irresistible offer. Um, but in your guys' experience, you know, like what are the characteristics of an offer that actually makes it in the market? whether that's paid ads or organically versus offers that just like just flop right i think it comes more down to the the actual problem that it's solving um, or pleasure that it's creating versus a service in itself um i tell our clients all the time especially in our sales training i have clients selling seo um ppc like google ads uh facebook ad services press it doesn't matter what the vehicle is it's like you're still getting in the car and you got to get from A to B. They're looking to just get from A to B, uh, whether that's 10 to 30K a month or 100K to 500K a month. It doesn't matter where they're at. They're just looking for that vehicle and they don't care kind of what it is. Usually. Yeah. So people, people want outcomes. They want solutions to problems. Uh, we right. do a lot of we work with a lot of agencies that come to us still from like circa, you know, 2005, 2006, where you know, you have those very general like marketing websites where they have all their services listed, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, sales have slowed down. You know, we're, we're having trouble getting new clients, et cetera. And we go to their website and we just see features, 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 and there's zero benefits, zero outcomes, zero solutions to actual problems people have, especially if you're using disruptive marketing, like Facebook, LinkedIn, this is not, um, you know, not all of it's Google ads, right? Where people are already searching intent based. It's like sometimes we have disruptive marketing where we have to actually have a good offer to grab someone's attention, take them off of that platform, and you got to solve a problem for them usually or really give them like ease of gain to something they really, really need. But if you're selling features, it's just not going to work anymore. Do you guys, um, do you think you could like maybe make it something more tangible? Like what does a good offer look like, right? Like, um, hey, wait a minute got cut off there but like no you know like what's an example of a good offer versus a bad offer right like uh something that people can learn from you know um really simple would be like for example agency owners they love getting on the phone with people and like that's what they want and it's so okay so instead of saying hey we're gonna get you 300 leads we're gonna get you 25 book calls for example right because there's more of a result that's like tangible because anyone can just pull up a list of 300 names. I consider a lead a human being that breathes. That's my definition of a lead. It doesn't matter whether they're like interested in something or not. They cannot be interested the next day. You need to see a serious expression of interest and like desire to make a difference. That's that's one thing. Um, and just something I want to note for your audience in case they run into this too. Like I've been on a, thousands of sales calls at this point. And one thing that I would always find funny and I still see it sometimes is 
they're more worried about the number of calls we can get them than the number of clients and it blows mm. my mind yeah they're like i they're like yeah no i mean like as long as you can get me 50 book calls i'm like but what if we got you 10 but three clients no no i want 50 book calls I'm like that doesn't even make sense mm-hmm. doesn't make sense you know what i mean um but again our 50 book call offer is very attractive and people like it right because we hit those numbers and it's sexy in the marketplace right now who knows what it's gonna be like in three months that that initial uh offer could be completely different we don't know and that's something that we're always looking around to see what people are doing and how it's changing yeah, yeah market research helps out a lot of look at our competitors what are they doing uh what are they not doing well where the opportunities lie where are the trends going like ben said like no one really wants leads anymore they want people booking calls on a calendar that's what they want and they want it done for them dfy is is where it's at right now right yeah i noticed that the market is shifting very heavily to dfy um yeah. but guys uh let me ask you this because this is something i personally struggle with as well uh with our clients but it, it's easy for like let's say paid ads agencies right like 50 book calls 25 book calls very tangible right you can you can directly you know um yeah with an roi but what about agencies that are seo or website design and development right like how do these types of agencies craft an offer where it actually stands out in the marketplace right um yeah yeah i would say with that i when when someone comes to us with seo or yeah web design development i i dig into what problems they were solving and what their past clients actually purchased from them maybe they didn't purchase a website maybe they were purchasing a solution and i want to figure out why that was a solution what I do in my research process, if you want to know if a client has sales calls that they've taken in the past and they have them recorded, it's the best piece of research there is because I can go and listen to those calls. I can look at the trends. I can actually hear the words that the prospects are saying. And I use all that in my copy because it makes it relatable to them. And at the end of the day, yeah, with web design, SEO, they're still purchasing a solution of some sort. So I try to dig into what that solution was and figure out what the pain points were that that solution solved. And I set up a funnel around that. It could be a straight up really good offer funnel. It could be a free training funnel. It just depends on the research really dictates the whole thing. Right. Now, what what Nate just noted there was more of like kind of the the marketing side of it. Um, I can kind of give you more from like the sales perspective if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... um, Actually, this is perfect because I, I remember saying this to one of our clients exactly word for word. When it comes to like the Facebook ads and like the disruptive kind of like marketing, um, I look at it more of like a sprint, for example, whereas it's like direct ROI, like relatively quick, let's say 90 days. And then you have like SEO and web development and all these other sort of projects that are more of a marathon, right? Like you're still running the same race, but they take longer and that's not always the sexiest thing but it's like well how do you feel after running a marathon versus running a three mile race like oh it feels feels great right and it's like when it comes to that long-term play it's something that you should be running in conjunction i mean uh, we're obviously huge advocates for like diversifying in every way shape and form but when it comes to like an seo offer the gameplay needs is, is the biggest part, right? They need to know what that action plan looks like. And 
giving them that satisfaction up front of like, okay, this part of the project is going to be done in the first seven days, right? Giving them those expectations. That's a huge part of the sales process and having them understand what they're getting themselves into and giving them those checkpoints of like reassurance that, hey, it makes sense for me to be making this investment of three, four, five K a month, right? Whatever it may be. Um, and at the end of the day, when you have an SEO strategy that's working, it's going to start hedging against those costs as well. It's the same as doing an organic outreach, except they're coming for you, right? And it's just going to come down to how you frame that. If you say, oh, we're just going to rank you on Google. Who cares? Who cares? Right. 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 But no, we're going to, we're going to put your face on the front page of Google and it's going to be there for every single person that looks in X, Y, and Z. These keywords are going to rank. Besides that, you're going to be running X, Y, like these other strategies and tangent to it. So over time, once we start picking up traction, these are free leads. These are free clients. They're free. Who doesn't want free stuff? Yeah. You know? I hope people, and I hope people are listening to how Ben uh, says it because a lot of agency owners, they kind of tell, say the ben the features, right? It's like, yeah, you know, three pieces of content, optimization, stuff like that. But Ben selling like, the benefit of all these things, right? Ranking on the first page and stuff like that. And it's interesting that Nathan mentioned about listening to calls because like when you were saying that, dude, I was like, because I had an SEO client before too, before we started RF, like SEO and website design development. And the only, I remember listening to my client and the only thing he wanted was like, he was like an appraiser and he wanted to beat like two different guys who were ranking at the top of their page in Google. And that's the only thing he wanted. He was like, man, if you could just get me to like be above those two guys and that means the world to me. He didn't even care like, you know, what the features were. And that's like, yeah, it's like this guy, he just wants to beat these two other appraisers, right? Yeah, <laughs> status, yeah. status is, yeah, is yeah. a great selling point. Yeah, yeah. I think I find that that's like kind of an interesting one with SEO because it's not always the most important, but like you said, like you will find people where it's like super yeah. ego driven. Number one, man. Number one. What? Yeah. They yeah. I, number yeah. One. What does number one mean to them? It might mean different things, right? But they exactly. want to number one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's awesome. Um, so guys, um, sales predictability, right? So when we think about predictability, I mean, I personally think about numbers, like, you know, actual numbers. And I think Ben mentioned like 20% close rate, right? Stuff like that. But you guys are running paid ads, right? You guys are running funnels, you, you're doing appointment setters. Like, what does predictability really mean? Like, like as an agency owner, when I'm, you know, when, when we're looking at our numbers, like, how do I know, okay, this is a predictable funnel, right? Or like, okay, this is way off. Like, right. I'll let Nate speak a little bit more on like the funnel side and I'll kind of give my two cents on like the full picture in a second. Yeah. Well, with the funnel and predictability, it all starts with KPIs asking really the client, you know, what are they expecting? Looking at the industry, what's average for as far as cost per lead, cost per book call. And we do lots and lots of testing as we build these funnels, lots and lots of validation of different creative, different uh, offers, et cetera, different hooks. And then once we get to a certain point where we're meeting those KPIs, that's how what I consider honestly validation. And then from there, it's just about scaling it properly to maintain and sustain that growth. And then after that point, it becomes very predictable on the sales funnel end. That's on the marketing side, as far as I'm just looking at data all day, but from the sales end and appointment setting, Ben can talk more on that. Right. So let's say, for example, I'm just going to use like super simple numbers here. Let's say, for example, the average cost per book call on like one of our paid ads funnels, let's say 90 bucks, right? Um, and we're closing at uh, 
10%. So that would mean that our cost per acquisition is 450 bucks, right? Is my math correct there? I cheated through high school, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but in that case, right, where that's only focusing on paid ads and that's assuming that we can hit that like closing rate, that's decent. But we throw in an organic strategy in tangent with there. So where the appointment setter is setting, let's say two calls for every one paid call, which means we're getting three calls for the cost of 90 bucks instead of one, right? So if we're getting uh, three calls for the cost of one, well, that cost per acquisition just went down from 450 to 150. If you're making 300 bucks profit per month on every single acquisition, I mean, that, that adds up. And when you have those like closing rates just like ironed out, even 10%, everyone's like, oh, I close at 40%, I close at 90%. I've had people tell me I'm like, no, you don't. You don't close at 90%, I don't close at 90%. And I'm not, I'm far from the best, but you don't close at 90%, no, you don't. Um, so it's like, even if you're closing at 10%, that's fine. That's a great starting point. Look at what you're doing. Get on call reviews, I'll review them for you. Um, but like, look at what you're doing and just keep doubling down on what's working. If you notice that you're only closing deals when you ask a certain closing line, okay, so should we welcome you to the family now or are we gonna have to wait another week, right? Like something like that, or okay, is that gonna be Visa and MasterCard? Maybe that's turning people off. And you realize these little nuances that that's going on. Um, once you can identify these things, that's where the predictability comes in because you know, okay, if I say this, I'm going to close at 25%. If I don't say this, I can close at 5% or I can close at 40%. There's just, you don't know. Right. Uh, did that make sense? That made a lot of sense in my head, but I just realized I said all No, that. it made sense, man. Okay. I mean, my biggest question is like, do people actually use that? Like Visa MasterCard, like, does that work? Or <laughs> you know, I, the closing statements? I've used it like once. My favorite yeah. line is, okay, cool. So are we ready to welcome you to the family? Like, gotcha. That's, it. that's sweet. Yeah. That's yeah. Simple. Um, I mean, at that point, it's like, or where should we go from here? It's like, all right, you're already sold. You want it. Let's go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's and I, I get a big thing just for those who are like, maybe just getting started in like the sales space. Confidence is 99% of it. And that's coming from the kid who sat in his basement for 16 hours a day, just cold calling. And I'm like, ah, hi, I'm, I'm Ben. Like they don't know. It's not going to work. It's not yeah. going to work. Confidence is everything. I love it, man. I love it. That helps. <laughs> it does. It does. Now, um, when clients come to you, you know, when they want to work with you, right? Is there like a specific, you know, like, do they need to be doing a certain amount of revenue or do they need to have a proven offer before working with you guys? Like, how does it typically work? No, they don't, you don't need to have that proof of concept at first. Um, in fact, some of our current clients right now, like don't have that. We're helping them kind of from the ground up. Are you going to see quicker results from joining our program um, with a proof of concept? Of course, yeah. But from day one, we want to make sure that one, like we're taking a look at the offer. It's making sense. Like it's not just a list of services and there's a real solution that we're providing. From there, we go into training, getting the appointment setters up to speed, getting the back end funnel developed, getting copy, going through all the market research. Again, that's more of uh, our wizards department over here. But after that, we're getting on the phone. We got to get up to bat to learn. And that's when I start reviewing calls. Um, I actually, I had a great 
great sales review that I did for one of our clients the other day, who was going through a pitch deck. That was his like his pitch. Um, that's something that I used to do in the past, and it worked very well for me. But what I'm doing now is even better. So I said, "Hey, are you open to like changing this up?" Got on the phone with someone else, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, it just felt so much cleaner on the phone, right?" So, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you're at to answer the question. Cool. Rhea, anything you want to add? Yeah, no, I was just wondering, like,、uh, especially with the numbers, like,、um, I think a lot of the, I know you have your benchmarks, which is good, but like, you know, an objection we hear a lot is like,、um, I don't know, like, I don't have historical data, or they're very resistant to, like, you know, like, oh no, I can't, you know, whatever, like they say that the benchmark or like it's gonna be very hard. So I know if you've run into that where there's resistance with、um, what we feel is standard、um, in the industry, or like they are unsure. Um, with the, like you know what they're getting to, so predictability is really about the numbers, and、right. I've just seen cases where people are just like, oh, we don't have data, and like we can't make that prediction and stuff. Yeah, so, well, that's, that's you... a huge, huge pushback for sure. I didn't mean to cut you off. Was that it? Yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a huge objection. People are always like, oh well, I know. I mean, I don't think this is gonna work. And the、mm-hmm. best way to handle that objection is pretty simple. What makes you feel that way? Well, you don't have the data to prove it, and <laughs>、yeah. I mean, like, it's simple as that. You don't have the data to prove it. So, okay, so if we could show you how to get the data, one, and two,、nice. put the data in your favor, would you be open to that? Would you be open to restructuring your offer? Would you be open to、um, using a few different like variations of lead sources to generate book calls? The answer is yes, of course, of course, right?、Um, I mean, when it comes as far as just like that objection, that's actually a really I'm, I'm happy you asked that. That's a really good one,、um, mm-hmm. especially for people who are like just starting out. They don't have that data to to back anything, so it's really tough for them to make those educated decisions. Sometimes it can be it can be super scary for them. Trust me, I've been there. Yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. Like,、um, I think that that point about just、um, being able to get the data and having clear path to get it. Um, is a key part, right? Like people don't realize the value of being able to, you know, tap into someone who has experience and who can get you that data. Because, like you said, it's never really assured. You never really know once you get into something. But、right. the point is to have a goal, and you know, basically make sure that you know what you're trying to aim for. You have a very clear path on how to get the data you need to make decisions, and then to get that predictability, right? So no, yeah, I definitely、um, agree. I can yeah, bring that to our agency owner out there, like that is listening. <laughs> For both marketing and for your sales, definitely start reporting your sales calls.、They're、oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, both ends. It it helps so much.、Um, I I know Nate can attest to it on like the marketing side. I reviewed some of my own sales calls, and I've even had had other people review my sales calls. It makes me want to cry hearing the things I've said <laughs> sometimes. I'm like, how did I lose that? How? And then I realize. I screwed up big, right? And it happens. It's part of the game. But you can't know what you don't know. You need to listen to your calls. And I understood that for sales, but then、um, I never thought about it for marketing. Like when Nathan mentioned it, like like how are you using sales calls, right, to beef up the marketing for your own clients or stuff like that? Right. Yeah. It's it's a pivotal piece, man. Like because it, here's how it goes. Really, is that. We all think we know what our clients want. We all think that we know what the market wants, and it's a lot of times it's usually just projection of what we want. <laughs> 
And it's so much, it's just better data to actually listen to their words on a sales call. You can hear the actual pain points, but in their words, not in our words, but in their words, what they're saying over and over again. Like you mentioned about uh, that client of yours that he just wanted to be number one above these two other people, right? And if you kept, if you heard like multiple sales calls and they kept saying that same line over and over again, that's really strong information. I synthesized that and to be like, this is a really common pain point. Like out of this sample size, this many people said this exact same thing. I'm going to move this forward into my copy. I listen for what their main objections are as well. Cause my goal is also to help out the sales guys before they even get to this, the actual call. If I can hear the same objection over and over again from your past sales calls, your future clients are going to have the same objection as well. And if I can squash that objection up front in my ad copy before they even get to the sales call, that's going to make the close that much easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking for all of that just trending words over and over again. I hear from the prospects along with what their expectations were coming into the call, how the call could be framed differently. Cause I will send that data over to our closers as well and be like, Hey, this is what I'm hearing over and over again, you might want to tweak this a bit in your framework and this will actually result in more closes. Yeah, no, that, that has a, a huge value on the back end when it comes to like the copy, obviously, as, as Nate said, um, I think a really important word here is congruency, right? Um, especially on the sales calls, you want to listen for like words that they're saying, um, besides the back end, if someone's saying, Oh, I, I just don't understand how to have the predictability, predictability, predictability over and over and over again. The questions are simple. Use that to your advantage. Okay. So if we could show you how to implement the system with predictability, would that be worth it? Would that make sense? Yeah. Right. You like use their words, use their language. They're talking to you. They're, they're people. Um, and I feel like a lot of sales guys kind of remove themselves from like, being a person, especially when you're on like five to 10 calls a day, it's exhausting. It really yeah. is a huge mental game. You're really trying to understand what's going on with each person you speak to, give them your full attention. And I, I'm, I'm a victim uh, of just not giving my full attention. I've even, I've even called people back saying, Hey, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't give you my full t attention. I never, I didn't close them, but I said, I didn't give you my full attention. I apologize. And that's how, that's one-on-one -on -one how to lose a sale. So hmm. there you go. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Dude, that's huge, man. I mean, I think a lot of people should should implement that, right? Especially when it comes to running. Because like it's easy to do for your own clients, but then like to do it for your own agency, right? For your own business, like, you know, that takes a lot of motivation to for you to do that. So um guys, um what I'm noticing with a lot of our clients are ad costs are rising. I'm sure you guys are hearing that, right? One thing that you guys do that alleviates, you know, the, the rising ad costs is implementing a setter, right? Like uh, a setter. But how does that process work? Like for people that are new to the whole setting game, like what what is that? Like, how does that work? Yeah, you want to speak on that? That's your department, man. Now nah, I got it. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do back end marketing, but as far as setters and frameworks, yeah. I mean, Ben can definitely speak on that. No, I, I got it. I'm just messing with you. Um, <laughs> but are, so are you asking like what our process is for getting them or for no? So what is a setter? Yeah. Cause like maybe a lot of agency owners, maybe they're new to the word setter. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a setter is what we would call like a team player on like the sales team. Right. 
Um, and it's cool because they're in a really unique position where like they're kind of on the marketing side, but they're also on like the sales side. Um, and their role is simple and it's to get people on the phone with closers. Now, when it comes to like what they're doing, they're following frameworks and scripts. So they understand how to initiate conversations when they're working with us. They come to us with a ton of questions of like, oh, like, how do I handle when someone says this? Basically, just like um, objections, like via DM, right? And that's what we guide them through, right? And leveraging that framework to see like, there's always a tonality associated with any words that you put on the screen, right? You get a text from your friend and just says, hi, H-I versus hi with four eyes. Like, it's the same word, but the, the tone of it is so different. So the way that we're speaking to people in the DMs, we try to keep congruent um, over to the sales calls. It's casual. It's friendly. It's like genuine curiosity. Like, hey, what's going on? If we can offer you this solution, are you? is this something that's worth a conversation? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so in a nutshell, like appointment setters are really like just like the front, the front line for um, the sales cycle. Makes sense. And by the way, so if you have any questions, let us know in the, in the comment section down below. I see a couple of people hopping on and off. Um, but yeah, you know, it's cool because like it's just a conversation, right? They're not being like weird about it. It's not they're not like pitching people. Yeah, because that like that turns people off too. where it's like your first message is like, you know, it's, it's a straight out like pitch of like, what you essay, like 12 point font MLA format. I'm like, what are we doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. What is what's a, a good like maybe one tactic, man? Like you know, an agency owner trying to get into like just you know DMing or stuff like like how do they start off? You know, maybe they think it's weird. It's like, what's a good way to just you know start a conversation with a lead? Um, I'll give you yeah, some. I actually slap some on that. I would say a big part of it, not like tactical, more just strategy, is volume. Like mm. people get real hung up on like someone that doesn't reply, like one lead doesn't reply. It's like. You're not putting the volume in. Uh, it's a volume game. Yeah, no, that that is huge. Makes sense. Um, I'll have people who like just respond who are just like, ah, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, okay, no worries, it's fine. Why do you like? Why do you feel that way? So sometimes I'll say, why do you feel that way? They're like, ah, screw you. I'm like, all right. Um, <laughs> but the biggest thing is like showing that curiosity out of the gate, right? For example, if it's a real estate agent. Um, Hey, let's say their name's Tammy. Hey, Tammy, um, you know, do you work with like, do you do like commercial real estate too, or like just residential? Super simple. Like, are you like, are you like a commercial agent too? Or like, is it just like residential stuff? Oh, just residential. Okay, cool. Like, um, do you mainly work with people like around here? Or, like, are you willing to like go like a little bit further? Like, see what, see what's going on. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just wondering. I actually have a friend who lives out there, but anyway, not sure if this is helpful. But my team helps, you know, real estate agents get, you know, five new listings in the first two months. Um, is this worth the conversation? Oh yeah, okay, cool. Right into it. You know, awesome man. Yeah, I hope that's yeah. helpful. It does, man. It's funny because you know, um, with our our longest client has been with us for like two and a half years, and you know, he's the highest revenue client that we have. And we actually sold him in a cold DM. He didn't respond to like the first two messages that I sent him. But, you know, I was just persistent, right? I just sent him a GIF or something like that. And, you know, from there he responded and he booked a call. And it's just like like what you guys said, volume, um, not being weird about it. It's just a conversation. It's an actual human being. Yeah. And and also consistency, I think, is a big thing too. Um, yeah. 
cool. yeah no it's it's funny because like a lot of the times like some pushback that you might get um for anyone who like actually gets an appointment setter i don't find this to be too common but people are skeptical right you're on the internet people are very skeptical and when they get like dms from people they don't know it's like oh are you really you are you just are you just a va are you just one of their sales guys and something that i just thought about kind of on the spot um if that ever happens i'm just gonna like tell like mac our appointment setter like our head guy i'm like yo let me just shoot a quick like five second video and be like hey it's actually me just send it to him and have him send it to them you know like it's funny i'm a real person and so is my guy so is, so is the rest yeah. of my team um so yeah i think it's funny though like you have to laugh that stuff off too um like make it fun that's one of the biggest things that we do over here whenever we have like major pushback and we just know that like hey this person's not worth our time make a joke out of it have fun with it <laughs> no really have fun with it because not yeah. everyone can buy from you that's the truth they're not yeah for sure uh, and like what do you what you mentioned a while ago right like 20 percent close rate is pretty i mean you know like that shows validation but that also means 80 percent of the people are going to say no <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You, you you have to play to win not play not to lose it's a big part of it yeah, a lot of yeah. people are like they're like they're timid they don't it's like no you need to go in 100 percent give it your all there's skill involved but it's volume and consistency as well yeah i think that it's like this really cool um like what that ties into though like being timid and like playing to win it's like when you're on the phone objections are like everyone's downfall yeah. that's the most fun it's, it's so much fun expected. Expected. yeah it's like you need to embrace it and by the way with our framework uh you're gonna avoid a lot of common objections just by nailing them out up front but you're going to get objections you're going to get pushback what person just says yep here's my credit card here's my expiration date let's let's run it it's not common yeah and i would be skeptical of those people i would because it's it's kind of weird sometimes um but when when you're on the phone and these things happen just have fun with it like i know it sounds so silly but like what's the worst case scenario they say hey stop just stop i've never had anyone to just tell me to stop before you know yeah that's you true going, you keep going and you know that you're creating a little bit of discomfort but when you push them out of that comfort zone you're pushing them into a new reality and that new reality is going to be them signing a contract with you like it's yeah. it's supposed to be fun <laughs> yeah and it's not even a contract with you it's also a contract for a better future of themselves right like you're it's, having them buy exactly, into that exactly and it's like be prepared for like like I said before, um, expectations on those calls too. Um, that's part of our process where we like to like pull those expectations out throughout the call. So it's not like at the end, we're like, okay, cool. So you can expect X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, no, well, if we could do this in this time frame, does this make sense? Yeah. Okay. And when you have that, like, um, congruency between like expectations and reality, like as close as you can get it, your clients are going to love everything that's going on. But you just need like the biggest thing that I'm always skeptical of is, hey, are we making sure that clients aren't expecting too much from us too quick? And that's that's a huge problem that I know every agency owner that I've ever worked with or probably ever will work with has gone through that like kind of gap in expectations. Um, so that's something just to be mindful of. Nice. Now, I know we talked a little, uh, you know, a lot about like, you know, sales and like the mindset behind that. But Nathan, on the back end, right, like I'm sure you're involved with media buying, copyright and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. 
yeah. what like what strategies have you found work really best and that, that separate out you know the top tier media buyer and copyright and stuff like that versus just everyone else right right i mean i wouldn't call myself a top tier media buyer i actually have media <laughs> buyers under me right now they're have unique strategies i've never seen before but i think overall holistically not to get too technical you need to start your funnel up top very wide capture the most interested people as you move them down and leverage that interest later in the funnel a lot of people i see they just put up an ad they run it for conversions right away and their cpms are like 200 dollars. it's just like well it's it's mad cold traffic they don't know who you are it'd be better if you can capture them up top get as many people in either through video views or landing page views whatever it might be to see who's interested and only take that interested audience and actually show them your offer that's what i found works the best it lowers your ad costs immensely you're serving to people that actually want it by that point your right. messaging's on point it resonates with them so that would say holistically not to get too technical that would be the the right move and at the end of the day i know that it's fun to kind of tweak things and get your costs lower at the end of the day if the offer isn't strong and the messaging isn't right it doesn't matter what you really do technically like it's still a human at the end of the day on the other end right. it's got to resonate with them hey nate wait really quick um i believe like when that strategy you just mentioned kind of like came to life was that with like the done for you e-com offer because i remember we started branching out like crazy and like the conversions just started taking off um or am i making that up the the dfy ecom offer yeah um the like which, which one um for, our, for one of our big clients yeah oh yeah that i mean that offer was just that was very, a sick offer very unique and very strong and very on point for that audience yeah the offer was very very good on the front end through the marketing side it was that's another big thing it's like I say unique, but maybe I should say perception of something that is unique in marketing. A lot of things aren't unique anymore, but if you can actually try to <laughs> display it in a way that seems unique and new, that attracts people in. So having a really interesting offer is a big part of it for sure. Yeah, no, 100%. By the way, that was the offer that, that did 165K in, in like six weeks. That was insane. I know. I was going to wrap up with that, like that yeah. offer, like what made it a success and all that. But yeah, uh, yeah. probably because I was the one on the phone. No. Yeah. It's funny. Why e-com store builds from Dude, research it was, it was sick. all the way, turnkey, turnkey. Yeah. All the way no, from was, research to actually generating revenue for you such a unique offer and then that brought a lot of people in booking calls and then on the phone it was just like this is an investment you're gonna get a return on this because we have these numbers yeah it was it was actually really unique though and like on the sales side because like i had limitations on words that i could use like i wasn't allowed to frame it as an investment for legal reasons um on the phone it was more of just like hey like it's a guaranteed roi winky face you know like i felt like i was like pitching with emojis over the phone it was so funny but um like this offer long story short we actually hired uh, a closer to put on this offer and he didn't show up to like three calls and then we were like all right you're done and then funny enough i'm like super close with this guy now me and him were like super close he lives down in tampa i was with him a few weeks ago like he's awesome um he just like whatever so 
that's how I hopped into the offer. And that was the original offer that gave me like that next level of confidence to just keep pushing the needle forward for myself as, you know, a sales guy. And as someone who like feels like I at least know what I'm talking about. Um, so it was, it was really, really cool to be a part of that. Like just from like the back end, watching the marketing side with Nate and the rest of the team. And then actually being the one to like hop on a phone on behalf of my clients, like kind of remove myself from like the business owner standpoint and just focus on selling an offer that was incredible, um, yielded results and like was literally making people rich. It was sick. Really I love cool. it. Yeah. And if you guys are interested at all to work with Ben and Nathan and the entire team at Blade Marketing, definitely reach out to these guys. But um, dude, like what's the best way for people to just learn about you guys and learn about what you do? Yeah. Um, well, we do have a public Facebook group. Um, I'm not sure if you're like going to be able to link that somewhere. We can drop that link. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to drop the links uh, yeah. down below in the comments. But yeah, what's the, yeah. What's the name yeah. of the group? Um, it's, it should be under agency sales masters. Um, I think, I believe the URL is literally just agency sales masters. Uh -huh. Um, that's, that's our public group in there. Um, I'm trying to get on there a little bit more going live. Um, now besides that, uh, I believe Nate also dropped over a link with a quick little video training. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it's like a 12 minute video of myself kind of breaking down, um, kind of our strategy just so it's like really simple and concise. I know that this is obviously like more of a conversation here. Um, but this way for like all the, all the viewers, you can just take a look at our system in like a really super quick, concise way. See a couple of results that we got, just understand kind of what it looked like, um, and help you out there. And if you Google my name too, um, there should be a few pieces as well, just kind of about like me and the team, um, and some of our other experiences and what we have going on. Awesome. And I dropped, I dropped the link for both of them. Uh, in the comment section everyone so whether you're watching live or on the replay there's actually a couple of people live here um go ahead and check out their their um, link for the group and then if you want to learn more about how to connect with them and work with them check out the bladeagency.co uh, website um basically shows them you know like case studies and like how they do their stuff and gives you a chance to work with them as well right yeah so um, and, and by the way i'm always uh, i am on my instagram i don't let anyone on my instagram <laughs> um, so I know that I get a lot of people hit me up on there. So if you want to like follow me on Instagram, it's just Ben Hawkeiser. And if you DM me, just let me know that you came from, from over here and I will get you taken care of answer any questions you got to. Sweet guys, awesome. guys, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure and, uh, appreciate you guys sharing all of your strategies, your tactics, and even the numbers, right? Because I think that's, you know, uh, the, the space lacks that in terms of like actual, you know, predictable numbers and, and strategy. So really appreciate you guys sharing that with our, with our audience today. Yeah, man. We, we appreciate you having us here. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. All right. So if you guys have any other questions, drop it in the comments below. Um, if not, you know, um, I'll make sure Ben and Nate uh, check out the, the comment section after this. I'm sure a lot of you will watch the replay on this. But yeah, feel free to connect with them if you guys are interested with, you know, uh, connecting with them and working with them. But guys, thanks so much. And we'll see you in the next uh, next show. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. See ya. And